Hey everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And whoof, y'all, today's episode, I have been dying to have a conversation like this on the episode. This is going to be one of the most dynamic episodes we've had to date. No pressure to my two guests that are here right now. (laughs) But, you know, really, I have sitting here in front of me, Joe Gardina and Diotis Toll, who are the hosts of a very popular podcast called Me and the Gay Homie. So Diotis is here with me. He's gay. Yes, I am. Joe is here with me. (laughs) He's straight. And they are two friends who are challenging social norms and homophobia within the black community on their podcast. And this is super important because they're tackling so many issues like the LGBTQ plus relationships, current events, social justice, mental health. But for today's podcast, what we're really going to dive into deeply is this dynamic between gay and straight people, especially in the black community, and why there seems to be this dissonance or this tension or this thing where we don't see black, gay, and straight men as friends. And sometimes we see them as opposites to a certain extent, but there's actually a lot more in common than we think. And and this episode is not just for gay people, not just for men. It's for every single person who's out there who wants to have a better understanding of how we can all come together. Because one of the big problems that's happening right now, I see online everywhere in the black community especially, is we're sometimes marginalizing ourselves. And we're trying to fight against oppression. And we're saying black lives matter. But do we really mean all black lives? Or do we just mean straight black Christian lives? Or do we just mean the kind of lives of people who are like us who we understand? And so conversations like we're having today are so vital and so important, especially as we're going into this 2020 election year, where we as a community have to come together to make sure we get the justice that we all deserve. So, Diotis, Joe, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Ah, this is so good. So, I think one of the things I want to start with is, first of all, I love your guys' podcast and what you're doing and showing how all of us really, despite our differences, can really come together. Why in the hell did y'all decide to start a podcast? (laughs) Like, how did that even happen and why is this important? Um, I'll give you a little history on it. Um, So, and Diotis is is the second host of the podcast. Like there was a there was a prior host that I prior co host. Okay, so this is like some Destiny's Child shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody got shit. booted. So real you're shit. Michelle Diotis. <laughs> no, no, hell no. Michelle. no. He, he really stepped. He really set the podcast up. Uh, no, no diss to my boy, to my boy John. It's not. I mean, you know, his grind for it. You know, he's really pushing. Uh, but. First call, I was, we all worked together. Yeah. And um, I was friends with both. But me and John would be arguing about a bunch of stuff and then agreeing about a bunch of stuff. We had a lot of similarities. We talk, we were just having a lot of conversations. And he was telling me about just his upbringing and what he, what he had to deal with in college and, and just his relationships and all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is interesting. We're having these conversations. I'm telling you about my situations. We should talk about this on a podcast. Like we're cool. Like you, my homie. Yeah. So let's let's show everybody that there can be a gay and a straight friendship. Yeah. Like, in the black community, mm-hmm. and we did it. And we had some man. We what? We had over thirty episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he wanted to pursue something else, and he wasn't really feeling it no more. And 
deodorants was a natural like choice because that was the homie. Like yeah. we, me and him were actually closer. Got it. And you wanted to really keep it authentic. It had to be, or else it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. And D is a, is my homie, so brought him in, and we kept going, and it's it was so easy. It's so easy doing the podcast with D. That's great. I mean, you could feel that on you know the energy on your guys's episodes, and uh, you know we're gonna play actually a couple clips from your episodes pretty mm-hmm. soon here. But before we get into that, you know, I think in general, gay and straight men prescribe sometimes to certain stereotypes, or they you know make assumptions about one another, and in some ways that. I think can be harmful and sometimes not be true and sometimes separate us, you know, from one another. So Diotis, I want to start with you. What do you think is the biggest misconception about straight men that gay people might make that you have found? Most definitely it has to be that we are so much different than them. I feel like before we're gay, we're men. And on that level, on that playing field, we have more in common and even in knowing Joe and I've had other I have other straight male friends, right. but um, I guess this is one that I've known on more levels. And it's constantly and consistently become surprising to me how much we are like minded individuals, yeah. you know, and I expected us to have more of a um different perspective on life but at the end of the day we're both black men and that's where it starts first yeah you know i i think that it's really interesting because when i was first listening to your guys's podcast thinking about and even like talking about getting some clips i was like "Ooh, i want to hear clips of when y'all are like battling it out (laughs) and like having all these different opinions Mm -hmm. and then when you responded i actually was listening through to some of the episodes there's actually many more agreements than there are disagreements we don't like our arguing (laughs) <laughs> never comes up on the podcast in real life we'll argue but it's because we're around each other so much yeah it's yeah. like that brother like, argument yeah, yeah exactly and it'll yeah. be something so stupid but it's never like we both love our people mm-hmm. we want progression mm-hmm. we want equity I mean, yeah, we like we have a lot of the same beliefs and all that, and we love food. Right? right. <laughs> like, Hello, we're both ex fat boys, yeah. you know, like yeah. all these things that really drew us together first before the podcast even came about, you know, and and even the stuff with, that we disagree, it's not so much like it's, it's trivial. Like a, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's not like, stuff that yeah, has to do with being like, gay or straight. Exactly. Nothing, right. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. No, I don't like Cardi B. Or we're going to hear about that later. Now, Diotis, I want to actually come back to you, though, because what do you think? And, and maybe I'm projecting this, you know, because I know this has been my experience. And I think a lot of experience of a lot of the black gay men that I know, like it. What do you think creates this little bit of separation from the gay side of the perspective from gay men to straight black men in general? I think it's their or gay people experience growing up in a hyper masculine environment because that's exactly where I was coming for for sure coming from for sure yeah. and I feel like and Joe would probably disagree cuz he I mean I get to that but majority of the straight male relationships that I've had were from guys who didn't know I was gay right away right and then they got to know me and then they're like, oh, he's gay, but then we already know all this oh, other cool. Oh, but he's cool. cool. He's cool, right. Yeah. And, it's, and especially coming from Chicago to L.A., I was culture, culture shocked at how much more accepting 
men and even men of color, black men here were of um, accepting of gay people. And I know that I'm part of the the newer generation coming up too, though. But yeah, I think from a gay from a gay perspective, we're just afraid to even attempt to have any type of friendship relationships with with straight men because we've been so you know and, abused <laughs> through yeah, our I, I, I upbringing. Knew, I, you know, I knew you were gonna say that part because that's that's real. But to, to I want to talk about him being more accepted yeah. in L.A. That's because he's not in the hood. It's very similar. Like they're still not there. Right. Like if you go to our to our neighborhoods that are in an urban community, like I'm trying to find better words for where black people are. But <laughs> <laughs> but like they're they're better. The youngsters are better. The yeah. older people are still they're still not there. Right. Maybe having cousins, uncles, shit daddies. Right. And they're they're just not there yet. I'm 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 really excited for this new generation coming because that old shit will go out the way and then, you know, more accepting, everybody be everybody'll be uh but it'll just be themselves soon. Yeah. And we've kind of explored that on the show for sure because we had generations of gay people, someone older, someone around my age and someone younger, and we compared their experiences Growing up, and the last, the one that was the youngest, he was like, quite frankly, I was the most popular I, person. I was most, I had, like, my my experience me. was amazing, like, and, you know. And he was, he's like twenty three, yeah. you know, so he's just a few years younger than me, really. And, and but his experience was such Hell a difference. Yeah, because I remember if people thought you were gay in high school, like, I mean, life was gonna be hard. Yeah. Life was going to be difficult. You weren't going to have any male friends. You're going to hang out with the girls all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. This was my, that was my experience fully. Me and too. like, but even just a few years younger than that, I was finding like, I remember when I was in school, I mean, people knew I was gay from the moment. I, my dad said on a recent podcast episode, he knew I was gay when I was six, you know? My and mom I, knew I was You know, they was knew, seven, like, yeah. I, it just apparently you just know, mm-hmm. you know? But I was not comfortable with it myself. And so I was really still hiding it. But people knew, you know, and I think a big part of the reason, you know, speaking just from my experience that I had such a hard time until just really a few years ago, like getting really comfortable being friends with straight men, especially straight black men, is because when I was younger, like no one bullied me worse than straight black men, like straight black boys, like no one fucked with me more mm-hmm. than them. And so I be, I internalized this. It's so terrible, but I internalized this fear mm-hmm. of people who looked like me, you know, and ended up being friends with, like you said, all girls. Yeah. You know, I had all these women that were my friends. I think it's such an interesting phenomenon. You had a right to fear because we, it's a lot of people on that bullshit, man. Yeah. They're not... We want to be so far away from anything feminine. Mm-hmm. And it's not just And why is that? Part of it has to do with even the women in our community. Yep. I agree. Like They want us to be the most manly man. And part of it is also how we're the racial aspect of it in this society. Yeah. Because our manhood has been snatched from us and you try to hold on to anything you mm-hmm. got, any kind of manhood you can. It's just been passed on since slavery and shit. Yeah. Like we just got to hold on to whatever... Whatever manhood means to us, yeah. If that means being straight and mm-hmm. not have not walking with a switch, mm-hmm. like I mean, because I remember older people like, boy, 
fix your walk. Why you right. doing all that damn giggling like little girls yeah, up in there? Yeah, like everything. <laughs> like, why you sitting like that? Only girls sit like that. Why you mm-hmm. laying like like it was yeah. everything. So. Isn't it so fascinating that women say they want, you know, a like loving, compassionate mm-hmm. partner, but then a lot of the norms that are implanted into young black boys' heads are things that are literally the opposite of that. Like be as hard and masculine yeah. and don't cry and don't sit like this and don't show any feminine characteristics at all when the emotional wheel is our femininity. Yeah. And don't just, be crying like a little bitch. And right. just like you, like, that's why it was so much harder to come out or not even come out to accept myself right. of being gay because I knew I was since I was seven myself. Right. And then I was just trying to hold on as long as I can. Like, no, as long as I don't do the act, I'm still not gay. And then even after being out and being as confident as I think I am to this day, I still still struggle on trying to just accept all the femininity in me or just accept people knowing that I'm gay right away. Like none of that shit matters at all. And it's just that it's crazy how implanted that stuff is in us. I was actually, and this is so crazy. I was in this room that we're recording in and I was taking a private dance class. I have like a dance teacher that comes in twice a week Mm. and he had me big baller, but (laughs) but he had, he had me voguing. Right. And I never vote. I didn't ask him to teach me to vogue. And he was, he came and he said, we're going to vogue today. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I tell you I was going to cry, I, he was like, why are you so awkward? Why are you being so small? He's like, switch your hips more. Move your hands more. Be really feminine. Be this. And I, like, couldn't do it. And I was, like, looking at myself in the mirror mm-hmm. and hearing myself go, oh, my God, I look like such a fucking fag. Yeah. Oh, my God. I look. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, like, hear these old voices in my head. Meanwhile, I'm in a dance class by myself. Right. With the teacher. <laughs> yeah. And I can't even fully express and put on a character because it's been so drilled in so that that's brain, not man. okay. You and know? this uh, speaks in so many layers of how much you have to belittle yourself. You can't exp- be expressive. You can't, you know, I mean, and people it, live that way. It also lives. comes from the churches, too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, big I mean, time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Surprise. I mean, but if people, people who don't know, who don't go to church, like, that's one of the main fucking topics. They always want to talk. All the shit in the goddamn Bible. Right. <laughs> and you want to stick to this one thing, this one sin that you keep talking about. All these other motherfucking sins, and this is the one that mm-hmm. you just want to focus on because you over there fucking dude. Right. <laughs> well, and, okay, so this is what I wanted to actually ask you, Joe. So, like, I've, I have found – so I have a, a huge group of straight friends now, actually, and it's been mm-hmm. so healing and, like, amazing for me. But I seem to find that men who are actually more secure in themselves and comfortable with, with like, really confident in who they are in their sexuality aren't – so afraid to be friends with gay dudes. It's the men who, to be honest with you, I feel like may have some un... Absolutely. You, do you feel this way? Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Elaborate. Told, As a straight told, man, elaborate. I've told dudes, because they'll I'll, I'll have the podcast or it'll be a topic. Yes, I'm old. It'll be a topic on Facebook. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'll make a comment and somebody will respond negatively about homosexuality. And, da, 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 and then it'll be disrespectful. Right. It'll just go into... Just all kind of just like, oh, you must be, you must be a fag. You must do that. I'm like, okay, you're going so hard right now. What dudes are you fucking? Like, <laughs> seriously, I want to, like, you're, if you're that angry about who somebody else is having sex with, what's really going on inside of you? 
just talk to me out and i hit him with that remember that one dude i was like i was like look bro just be open with me like this is i'm not here for judgment i'm not judging oh, yeah, shit i'm like yeah. dude if you like dudes it's cool <laughs> like just be free mm-hmm. like we're not here to clown you I, I know we had our arguments but i want you to be happy so if you want to talk to some dudes like we man come on a podcast well you know you could come out with us and mm-hmm. we'll guide you along the way like, <laughs> that was- Stop talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> because this is the thing. Like, I was now, thinking it was going to be like, and then he said, like, okay. Nah, like, what's up? Well, because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's such a big deal, though. It is. Like, they're really going, because a lot of them, I truly believe, are, if they're not gay, they are at least attracted to men. Or curious. Yeah. Curious. curious. Yeah. There's some attraction there, something. Or been assaulted they, themselves some type of way. They have some yeah, type so of Yeah, so they're sitting yeah, back. Hate. And their mind is going nuts. Yeah. yeah. So I I stop clowning like because even when I say it, and I'm telling you telling you in a way that I'm kind of clowning. I'm really not. When I started talking, I really am like, oh, this may be a problem for you. Yeah. I don't want you to have this kind of trauma mm-hmm. because it's really like some mental trauma that you're going through. Like I don't want you to kill yourself because you can't be yourself. Right. So. It's a big thing. And, I, you know, I think, Diotis, you kind of nailed one thing. I, I know, God, I wish I had all this, the statistics in front of me, but my therapist actually pulled this up for me a, a year ago. Like, she, it's like half or at least half, you know, of young boys, especially of color, gay or straight, have had some kind of sexual experience with another man mm-hmm. or boy mm-hmm. at some point when they were younger, whether it's playing yeah. around in the locker room, or playing around with your cousins or whatever it is that you did mm-hmm. as a kid. And for some boys, that becomes the fuel for them to like be so against it, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so ashamed or they've blocked it away so hard, yeah. you know, and I think that. For even just the people listening, I, I remember I was shocked to learn because it was like something that I was so ashamed of that I was like, oh, when I was like eight years old, I had this sexual experience that happened with like a really close, you know, friend, mm-hmm. a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was like, you and everyone else, you know, and I was like, really? You I, know? I learned that. I learned that later as well. Like, yeah. I didn't know everybody was like kind of like, you know, learning and Playing doctor, I put right. quotes up, or yeah. you know, like. So I actually have, I actually have a question for you, Joe, because I want to flip this over. So like, now you've obviously become like much more educated and well versed and like open into you know understanding the, the gay homie, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. but before, if we think back to how you were before, like, what are some of the misconceptions, like the things that you wouldn't have known then that you know now about gay people that you think everybody listening should know? Um. The thing that I want all all the black guys, all the black straight guys to know, they don't want to fuck all y'all, man. Oh, Amen. Jesus. Thank you. Christ. And it's always like, the hermit looking motherfuckers <laughs> that be like, thinking we're trying to come on to that. I'm like, I'm like no. You big gorilla looking motherfucker. Like, you <laughs> haven't worked out in seven years. <laughs> and you're the one they're going after. The Get the <sighs> fuck out of here, dude. No. Like, chill. I gotta watch out for my ass. It's like, ain't nobody oh, looking at your ass, sir. Uh, now, and say they are attracted to you. It's okay. Just say no. Like, if they want to holler, like, oh, you know, hey, what are you doing? Are they trying to? If they try to get your number because they want to talk to you or whatever, just say, oh, I'm straight. I'm not. I'm not interested or whatever. It's the easy conversation. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have to get all pissed and angry. Look, just, hey, I'm not interested. I'm sorry, dude. 
That's good. I want to hear more because I feel like you got a lot to share um, about this. <laughs> no, I got to tell. So the person who helped me the most, and me and my boy have talked about it, my boy Bryce. Um, so I met Bryce years ago, maybe like over 10 years ago. And Bryce was a friend of our homegirls. And Bryce was always around. Cool. It's cool dude from Long Beach. And I remember I never wanted to be alone with Bryce. Like, I, if he was leaving somewhere, I didn't want to leave at the same time because I didn't want the jokes from my friends. Like, you didn't want them to think you and like, Bryce yeah. were leaving. Oh, I, yeah, you left with Bryce at the same time. Like, where y'all go? <laughs> like, because they did that once. I was like, man, fuck, never again. And then I remember me and Bryce got cool and I t- he wanted to work out. I was like, yo, just come to the crib. I had a gym in my garage. And I was like, He's going to be at the house by me. Like, it's just going to be me and him. Like, everybody's going to think I'm gay. Mm. Like, I was so worried about that kind of shit. And then I got over it because I was like, yo, that's really my homie. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, I I remember that was going to be the first gay homie I was going to go on a trip with. He's like, yo, we're all going here. And I remember I told one of my homies. I was like, yo, I think me and Bryce are going to go to uh, Puerto Rico or something. He's like. You and Bryce, man, what you, you gay. You going with Bryce. I'm like, bro, that's the homie, though. Yeah. yeah, that's the homie, but I wouldn't be going on a trip with him. But I had to get over all the dumb homie shit because they weren't growing like I was growing. And now they're actually all better. Great. They're mm-hmm. all just a lot more open to it. They're ready to hear conversations. They're growing constantly. We were having conversations on Sunday about the trans community, which we definitely need right. some help in. So, like, that my boy Bryce, he started coming over. We started hanging out. It was just, it would just be me and him sometimes. We are just, you know, hanging out in New York all the time together. And that helped me out greatly because then I was so open to meeting and hanging out with D and John and others. Mm. So, for, I, for me, it was just, yo. Know, I don't care who you're fucking. That's what it right. is. I, I don't care who line. I don't care who my straight homies are fucking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like y'all get I mean, she's bad. I kinda wanna know something. <laughs> like show me a picture or something. But at the same time, I really don't care. Right. Like I'm just saying, if you unless you were fucking somebody that you're not supposed to be fucking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't need to know. It doesn't matter. And you know, care. I think this is so well, first of all, Joe, I just wanna say like it's so what you're doing is so important and the fact that you're speaking up and being so vocal and being an example like this is is really really important and i i think like something that i as a gay man can say thank you for mm-hmm. you know just because I we do that. so much work to like stand up for ourselves you know mm-hmm. and to try to integrate and try to overcome these obstacles but sometimes like People can't hear us. That mm-hmm. you can, people will listen to you that aren't going to listen exactly. to us. Exactly, you know. Look, that's I, why it's so crucial. Yes, bigger than sexuality, because bigger than heterosexuality, bigger than homosexuality, for us in this fucking society, in this country, in this fucking world, like unity. And you brought yeah. it up earlier. Like there's a separation when there cannot be a separ- separation. No, I, I, that's exactly what they want like, us to I do. Need is be y'all. separated. Like we have. This small population here, mm-hmm. and you want to split it up? Yeah. Wait, we got light skin, dark skin. Now we got gay, <laughs> straight. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then it's so it's so ridiculous because we'll be way more accepting. Even the women, straight straight black women, will be way more accepting of lesbian women. 
black lesbian women. But yep. then you know why? Because they're masculine. Yep. Not all of them, but but the ones who are masculine, and they, yeah, they'll have no problem with the yeah. feminine ones. I mean, yeah, but yeah, they don't care. Like I have a cousin, I have cousins who nobody talks shit about. Yeah, they are a staple in our family. Yeah. Now, if somebody was gay, they may be more accepted now, but they would have had it rough. I think that's because of what you were talking about earlier. Like masculinity is something that is valued in the black community for men and women. Like right. for black mm-hmm. women, it's about being strong and being this and being that, which are all masculine features, you know. And so it's something that's accepted above softness, mm-hmm. you know, and femininity. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And I if mean, you it's do shitty, your but history, especially in our community, some of the strongest people who ever done anything for our people have been gay have been gay yes <laughs> hello like they have sat there in the face of these white folks like risking their lives and just laid it out on the line for for us all and you want to sit there and call this motherfucker soft yeah mm-hmm. no it's real like, so that makes no sense what i want to do right now is i want to pull up a couple clips from your guys's mm-hmm. podcast because this is uh, the conversations that you guys have on here are so dynamic. And uh, the first one that I'm going to pull up is from a show you did called Are You Born Gay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Discussion, you know, so, uh, you know, Diotis, is there anything you want to say about this clip before I play it? We'll talk about it after, but. Um, just how that subject hits was really close and dear to my heart, mostly because. I have so many people in my life that would challenge my sexuality with that, you yeah. know, because that is so much of my truth. Like, I know that I was born gay because if I had an option, I would choose another one. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, I understand that this is also a gift for me to be. And, you know, my journey is to have these specific, you know, ish, uh, um, challenges and it makes me who I am and all of that and all that stuff. So to kind of research that topic was very um full circle for me i need to before we even go in i need to actually hit on dig into that a little bit more so you said if i had an option i would choose another one so you would choose to be straight um yes you would. yeah you we talked about times. this many yeah. times and tell me more this is really interesting um for me the overall like the umbrella of it is that for one i feel like you know life would be easier for two i um definitely i want kids and the way that I thought that I was going to be able to have them. I mean, of course, there's, um, you know, other means to have a a kid if you're gay. But I wanted that kid to be able to possess the person that I'm in love with and myself. You know what I mean? Like, there's always, you know, some type of way where it's going to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. Like, I guess I was, you know, I always wanted this. I wanted to be this, I don't know, this straight masculine dude, the ones that I see, you know, the people that I see that have an easier road, you know? There's a privilege in this society to be straight. Like, there's a straight privilege, for sure. No, absolutely. And um, as I've gotten older and, you know, (laughs) come to terms, (laughs) that (laughs) I have realized the plus that I didn't see before. You know, I do feel that because I'm gay, it, it, it created it made me have more of this like artistic value and made me want these other things. And I feel like my place for my lineage, for my family is specific because I'm gay. And yeah. so these are the tools that I'm supposed to bring to my family because, and me being gay 
created me to have different types of tools to bring back. You know, I honestly believe so. if Deotis was straight, growing up where he grew up, he would not, he may still be there and he wouldn't have the skills that he has because he was, I, now tell me if I'm wrong, but because of the lack of hmm, enjoyment in school, like the lack, like he didn't want to be there. There were no, like, he couldn't be himself there. He didn't play ball. He wasn't doing none of this shit with none of these kids. And he couldn't even do, he couldn't even jump rope. With, he wanted to double dutch. Yeah. But he didn't want anybody to think he was gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100% So he had true, to though. go home and he had to, he started enjoying other things. He started finding out like he loves what? What was the stuff you're in? Like, well, TV, I didn't, I didn't understand my love for it. I didn't know that that meant that I wanted to be on it. But yeah, I understood that later. You're 100% right, especially, you know, I grew up in the projects in Chicago and uh, people are, the people I grew up with are doing very different things. And if I was a straight dude, I would. I, I, if you would have fit in, you would I probably would, still I would be there fit fitting in, in. I would probably be on the same block. Yeah, you'd still be right. there fitting in. You know, I just want what I hope for you, Diotis, and, and this is not anything, it's just it, it hurts me a little bit to hear that you say, I would now knowing everything you know now that I would choose differently. And it's not saying that it's a bad thing. I understand that it's a, it, there is straight privilege, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that all of the benefits of like what you've done probably in your family and in the community and in your life and all those things that have shifted and like what you're doing even in the world as a gay man, like would open up your heart in such a big way that it would just be like a full, ex- you know, I know that you're fully accepted in, in who you are, but I just mean that it wouldn't change, you know? Because mm-hmm. I if people, somebody asked me this recently is just like, if you could be straight, would you be straight? And I think when I was younger, I would have said absolutely. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, fuck no, I don't want, I don't want to be, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's so much freedom and so much liberation in being a gay black man that I feel like, is not as easily accessible, you know, in the straight community. Very much so. I, I mean, I'll probably have kids and doing all, I mean, like, married and tied down or, fam- like, family would probably have been more of my priority and I wouldn't have been able to be as free to yeah. live, you know, what I'm doing. So yeah. I got a question for both of y'all. Yeah. Do you think it's harder being a black gay man in the Los Angeles area, like, than other areas that may have a gay community? Well, do we think it's harder in LA? Yeah, being black. Gay yeah, so okay, so I've been in LA for 14, almost 15 years and um, and traveled all over the world and everywhere. And LA is a really interesting place because the a gay community here in LA specifically is very segregated, you know, and being black, it was so interesting. When I was younger, like going out in West Hollywood and doing all this stuff, I would think, I was thinking like, well, I must be kind of ugly because nobody talks to me, mm-hmm. you know? And But this is because I'm out in West Hollywood in like white gay-ish land, right. you know? And then I moved to New York for a couple years and niggas was hollering at me on the subway, you know? About. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, hold on a second. I've been in the wrong <laughs> place, you know? And so LA is definitely, um, while we talked about like the black community oppressing themselves and separating with gay people the gay community Mm -hmm. especially in la segregates as well to be leaning towards the more white community but there's also kind of like a black gay la 
as well. But I, I you gotta like search all, for that though. Yeah, it's it, not, you gotta find it. You gotta find yeah. it on a special urban nights on some generic plug or somewhere right like <laughs> so you know i don't know about you Diotis, what you think about that but oh definitely yeah. um coming from chicago and then coming here it's completely whitewashed and i don't understand who created who understood gay culture to uniformly be this white like drug-induced culture because if you go to barcelona berlin barcelona berlin um a lot of places in the midwest like what's accepted as gay culture or the gay scene is what you see in WeHo right. primarily, and right. I'm like, that is not anybody' experience that I know. Really, right. it's, it's a, the white, know. it's the white focused media. It's like the white. So the gay, the gay culture is Elton John, drag queens, right. pride flags, rainbow flags, and whatever. And that ain't us. And that that ain't us. That, yeah, that, it really is. I mean, and it is us. some of us, but it's, it's not right. all of us. Yeah, because right? this is my issue. Um, they completely disregard. Black gay, black gays, people. Yeah, like that the gay community does not take into consideration black folks, right? Like it's like they, it's like they want you to forget your struggles as a black person, right? To I prioritize agree. on your struggles as a gay person, right? Or they try to monop like compare the gay struggle to the black That's struggle, the which stresses me out. I'm like, y'all, no. the gay struggle doesn't include years and years of, uh, you know, slavery and being stolen from your land and your name yeah. taken and everything else. What I know? tell people is this: somebody got to find out about you first mm-hmm. to 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 discriminate against you when you're gay. They know you're black as soon as right. they see you. Right. So that's they discrimination from you from the gate. Yeah. You can be a you can be a mile away. That's your black ass. Oh yeah, that's a nigger. No. <laughs> oh, this is so dynamic. Okay, I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing no, this is not my bad. This is I knew we'd be going in on this, you mm-hmm. know. But I want to. I'm just going to play one clip instead of the two. But okay. I really do want to play this. Are you boring gay clip? Because yes. I think. You know, it's such an important thing for us to discuss and talk about. And I want people to hear a little bit of how you guys talk on your podcast. So this is a clip from me and the gay homie called Are You Born Gay? So earlier today, I posted a poll. Do you believe people are born gay? Mm -hmm. A friend told me about a TED talk. It was talking about if it's a gay gene. With each boy that comes after the next, they have more. They have a 30 percent more chance of becoming gay. And it's more of the nat- nature's way of putting like uh, birth control <laughs> on that on that family uh, lineage. Yeah. Okay, so that's real. Where did you hear that from? Someone actually uh, told me about that TED talk, and I have been listening to a few of them before then, but um, had not listened to them for a long while. And once they told me what the subject was, I said, "Oh, I got to see." And once I did, especially the it was a scientist that was explaining the TED talk who had his own personal investments in it because his own kid was gay and he had three other ones and he felt like it was such his fault for it. Yeah. And um, so he was very passionate about it. And um, when I started researching and even outside of what he was saying, I was like, this is some this is some actual knowledge or information out there that no one is really discussing at all. And, and I always felt that there is a gay gene before I saw or read any of this. And I felt like it's going to be a matter of time before it's recognized. And I don't know if that's going to be a good or a bad thing because the first thing people want to do is change things, you know, once they figure it out. But um, I know that it's a thing, though. And after going throughout that research, it did make me 
feel like I had, I don't know, uh, another uh, something else in my toolbox that was like, yes, <laughs> I'm, I am right. There's <laughs> yeah. a reason why I'm here. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm here. Yeah, it did give me more felt purpose. It, you was, know? it was beautiful. Like, I, I watched it. <laughs> it took me a minute because it'll send me stuff and I'm like, and I'll watch it eventually. I'm gonna put I'm gonna make sure I put a link to the TED Talk that please, you're talking yes, about please. in the show notes. So for anybody yeah. who wants to watch it, mm-hmm. you can scroll into the description of this episode and click on that TED Talk. The, so good. the man's love for his son and his whole family was amazing. It was beautiful. And he mm-hmm. just talked about how his son changed his life and I I really respect that respected the TED Talk because it was so focused on what on just he wanted to take wanted to take every negative thought of having a gay child away from anyone, and it mm. was just look at what he did for us. Look at what my gay son did for us. Look at what he brought to the table. He changed all of us for the better. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Now, <laughs> I did say, look, I definitely believe people are born gay. Don't get me wrong, I do believe that. But he was saying some other shit like, you know, he's his. Uh, what was he saying? Because he was so caring, you know, I guess he was trying to say, this is what I got out of it. He's like, you know, gay people are more caring. They're more, they don't, they, they, they're the ones who are going to take care of you. Oh yeah. I remember and exactly I was like, what it was. Fuck yeah. out of here. There's some horrible fucking gay people. <laughs> <laughs> like who ain't I taking think, care of nobody? I think yeah. the exact quote was like, one of the things that goes into determining if a baby is going to be gay is that your mother the, the the mother that's carrying the child, one of the variables can be that she can be having a stressful pregnancy, so, whatever the so elements may be. Ch- so you have yeah, a gay so, child, so it can ease the life. Her of body the, signals to her that you, you are having problems. You need a baby that's more docile, someone that's going to help you throughout life, things like that. And so he's like, who baby is this? Because I know some assholes. Yeah, I know some fucking <laughs> assholes. That are, y'all know but some. But I know that that's who I, I was plenty. for my family. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, so I, I know that hit home for him. Home he for me. loved it. He was, I was like, I feel you. I want you to be happy about this, but this ain't real because it's so. Because all right, we gonna talk about equality here. Yeah. So everybody gonna get this flame. Like, <laughs> look, everybody sucks. Some there are some shitty gay people, some shitty straight people. Look, there's some assholes. Society breeds these people. Our environments breed these people. Our mothers and fathers, all that shit. So no, I don't believe you're born just this nice motherfucker. I think, well, here's the thing. I think that, so I've read a little bit of this research. I haven't seen the TED Talk, actually, but I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done. But I've read some of the the research online in the past. And one of the things that, it's like, it's pre-socializing. So, like, you get socialized to be an asshole. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not an asshole out the womb, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, there are certain characteristics that are certain hormones that are built into your system to release in a certain way that... it's chemical reactions that make you nice or mean or Mm -hmm. caring or loving or empathetic or whatever. And so what I think a lot of them showed was like when a mother is pregnant and she's worried about her, the father of her child staying or not, it's Mm -hmm. more likely for her to produce a gay son for the same reasons that you said. And probably he talked about in the, in the Ted talk because she needs to make sure that whoever's coming out is going to stay to protect her, you know, and it's going to stay to whatever. Now that's not saying once they get socialized and Mm -hmm. go out into the world and learn and pick up, you know, stuff that he's going to actually stay and protect her. But it's saying that that's what the, like the gene coding would do. If we were like 
animals, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we didn't have any like free will in that way. And that's the thing is like we always trying to boil it back. Like at the end of the day, we are animals, and we do have more consciousness and, and thing. But we're but all socialization is just what it is. It's such a huge piece of the pie. It is. It is huge. So, I agree. It's you know. not. But but I think that. I mean, look at what look at us. Look at black folks. Like we would be so different if we just had all these opportunities and better schooling like everything would be different for us yeah if we knew about financial literacy and it was some generational wealth within our different families life would be different so it's i mean it's such a huge part that it's hard for me to just roll with that even if i mean i feel you look i hope that's actually true that would be tight yeah but i mean it's not saying that you're going to turn out that way for that reason it's just saying there's like more predisposition it's like the thing if like your your genes could be predisposition for cancer mm-hmm. but if you eat a certain way then those predispositions don't come out and you don't get cancer right. right and if you do do certain things and you do eat certain ways then you will get cancer because you're more likely it's the same they say the same I mean, thing shit, you know? if i do believe since i do believe people are born gay i have to be able to believe that shit can happen like that right I mean, done. Yeah. <laughs> Argument solved. Yeah, this is what happens. You got that two gay people on and no, one no, homie. Like, I have to believe that that's an, that, that is something that could possibly happen. I have to. So you know, this you talked about really equality and and equity and talking about some of these political things. So you know, I love that. One of the things I love about your podcast is you guys aren't just talking about really rarely talking about being gay or straight. Mm. You know, talking about current events on your podcast and it being election season coming up. You know, just about every day we're hearing about some police-involved shooting or, you know, some mass shooting or hate crimes in the news. And it really seems that, like, a lot of these incidents have really kind of leveled up in a big way as a result of the current political climate that we have and all the nonsense we see, mm-hmm. you know, coming from our the, the president. Yeah. Um, and so I'm wondering... In, to the president. The president. Yeah. You almost <laughs> said mine, but I, I chose not to. Um, like, in what will hopefully soon be a post-Trump era, crossing mm-hmm. our fingers. How do we begin to mend fences and really bridge some of the divides that have become so prevalent within the black community? Joe, I'll go with you first. Um, so I feel like one thing that has actually helped us with uh, during this Trump era, during this Trump presidency, is I feel like we are kind of uniting a little bit more yeah i agree so i want that to continue i feel like we are more divided during the obama era Mm. because we expect it we don't expect shit right now we expect absolutely nothing we expect the worst actually yeah so i believe it's um it's actually it actually pulled us together i just want that to continue for us to get closer and for us to get more knowledge about what's going on to us in, in the society and i want us to start thinking black first I'm I'm going to push this. This is no, I don't, I'm not shitting on any other race, any other culture, nothing. But if we don't start talking specifically about black needs, wants, black community, then we're never going to get shit. Because if you keep talking in minority, you ain't going to get shit. Like we're at the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. And if we start pushing for programs and then they give us, oh, yeah, here's a minority program. <sighs> Y'all, like, no, we need black specific, especially in this country that we were fucking slaves in for hundreds of years. 
like, come on. And then modern day slavery with the prison system. Yeah. Like, yo, we, I just want us to, uh, yeah. Now this Continue is real. to open, open your eyes, love your folks, and uh, stop thinking of ways to separate. Like, yeah, for real. You know, there's been a lot of talks in the news and stuff lately, especially with like Marianne Williamson, who I know is running for president, talking about. I kind of fuck with her. D- and I, I'm, not, I'm, not in a, I'm not into politics at all. Y'all got I'm understand. not endorsing anyone on this podcast <laughs> right now. I'm making that clear. But Marianne is saying some real shit i'm gonna do more research i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna do more research on her for sure um because i've heard many people that i respect actually um you know put her up there and say yeah she's Mm -hmm. really on some she's really speaking to us like we've never heard before from a democrat right Mm -hmm. and she's actually speaking to the real issues and she's saying the things that She's going underneath these causes. And, and one of the, the reason why I'm bringing this up, actually, is because one of the topics that she keeps talking about, but they keep cutting her off on the debates, but she, if you look up anything online, she talks about it in detail, is reparations. Mm-hmm. You know, And one of the things that she says, and it's so powerful to hear just a white woman mm-hmm. talking about this, she's like, this is not a handout. This is a debt that is owed. Like, this, this is not something that we're, oh, like, we're going to do this extra thing for black people. It's like, this is a debt that was owed. Even when black people were freed from slavery, they were freed into what? Mm-hmm. Freed into complete poverty and, no, like, literally nothing. And I remember there's this, Martin Luther King, there's this video of him, and he says something like, you know, people tell the Negro to... Um, to what do they call it? Like it one of his final lift speeches. up your boot, bootstraps. Yeah, or, it was one of his, what is it, the words he says? He says to um, bootstrap, lift, lift yourself up by your bootstraps. bootstraps. And yeah. he's like, we don't even got no damn bootstraps. Yeah, this is when he starts speaking on equity. Yeah, not equality, but equity. Equity. And tell people what the difference is between that for people listening who don't know. We have to be put in a position to then earn and live like everyone else in this country. Yeah, like it's like that. Um, I know you guys have seen this before where uh, you're uh, fuck. It's a picture of like different, different heights. I believe mm-hmm. of, of people. They all, they're all trying to look over a fence over a window, in the window, but yeah. they're <laughs> damn. I can't. Okay. So I remember. Anyway, I know what you're talking anyway, about. Yeah. There just has to be the same opportunity. Right. Like, you know, and you a lot of that has to do equity. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with what we were talking about earlier. Like when you're all coming from generational wealth and, you know, you come from a school who is speaking about college and all, like we have to dig ourselves out of a fucking hole first. Right. You're not in that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we you're a few levels up. We got to dig ourselves out the fucking basement and then keep, keep leveling up. And it's going to take us some fucking time. And honestly, without reparations, hmm, I'm be honest. Like, we may just have to go drastic and just all black people go to one area. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's... Y'all got to read this book called Powernomics. It's incredible. And it's really, like, a, it gives you steps on how to how to bring the black community out of the situation it's in right now. But it's going to be very difficult, especially if we don't have a government... Um, a of our actual government situation like they got to give us some shit oh. which is not giving it's we're old mm-hmm. but we I, I, 
Yeah. yeah. Isn't it amazing how it's it's like even us, like we're saying, give it to us when really it's like, nah, like this is this is actually what is. Owed. Well, basically, owed. give us what we're owed. What we're owed. They yeah. gave give reparations to the slave to, owners. Right. When they, <laughs> Man, when they I mean, there's quote unquote freed us. Yeah. I mean, there, there there's a monopoly on on our lives like they and it's been set up from day one. Yeah. Like even with the, I'm sure I, I, you know, it's funny. I've not seen Thirteen, the uh, documentary. I haven't either. Okay, have, yeah. so I've just been, re- I've just read though, and you know, here we go with you know, slavery was um, abolished and everything, but it's, it's there is no slavery unless you get arrested. Right. Then there's slavery all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have created situations to, you know, make it arresting us easier. Yeah. No, I mean it's the modern day slavery. We know, we know this, and. Hopefully this will all get undone. Now, Diotis, I want to ask you a, a, a similar question, you know, kind of going back to with everything that's coming up for us, you know, in the, in 2020 in particular, mm-hmm. like what can we do to really come together in a, in a meaningful way, not just as gay and straight, but as our entire community? Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that a lot of our... Um, discrimination, racism, um, biases, they come from the exclusion of minorities in your inner circles. And so I think I I really, I want people to make a conscious effort to actually include someone that's different than you into your circle so you can understand and be less fearful or ignorant. Like that's why we have so many officers killing black people because they ain't grow up with no black folks. They don't know no black folks. We're not human to them. Keep you know? them out of our fucking neighborhood. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's about having the different in your, in your inner circle so you can understand they won't be foreign to you and they can be humanized for you, you know. Yeah. So I think, I, I just hope that we can make a conscious effort to yeah. include those type of people and, in your life. And, you know, another thing, even from the reverse of that, I think a really powerful thing that they've done some research on that people can do is to go be the minority somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like even for black people, like mm-hmm. so as a straight man being the minority and going to a gay place or as a gay man going and being, you know, at a mostly straight place or as a black man going and being at a mostly white place and vice versa, white I being at a mostly black. Yeah, most, yeah, yeah. most black people have, have been there, but, but a lot of people haven't. Most black people I don't want to do say not most. Leave, do not leave the community. Yeah, right. a lot of us stay within yeah. the community. And mm-hmm. I think what has to happen is we all have to get more comfortable being the minority because we learned there was um, this episode on uh, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations or nice. recently where she um, she at first, years and years ago on the Oprah Winfrey Show, interviewed these guys who were like in the Ku, Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she brought them back on the show 25 years later. And the, in the first episode the guys were like crazy spewing all this hate saying that black people were monkeys and all this stuff Mm -hmm. well one of the guys who was on the show did some crazy shit end up going to prison when he was in prison he was in his whole whatever block or whatever you're in when you're in prison they were all black everyone but him was black so he was now in prison with swastikas tattooed on Mm -hmm. his face with all these black men and they accepted him and they like were his boys. And he said from that, being the minority in that, and sh- like he got to see, oh shit, all these things that I thought were these bad things about black people, they're actually 
amazing. They're actually much more like me than I am. They are human. They're you know? human yeah. beings. So, we um, are so fucking so forgiving. Look, look, look. I'm not. I'm. I'm happy that he's a better person now. But God, we. I, I you don't want us to kill them, motherfucker. I'm just saying, we are so forgiving. While they are not, we would be at the gay rallies. But we're the ones who are considered. We're the ones who are considered angry, violent, and just. We're considered all these things. You don't see us running into no place, shooting up a bunch of kids, ever. But you know, still our picture of. But it's still the picture. When you think of, but you know what? That's what we're undoing. Demons. That's what we're undoing by having these conversations. So. If you guys, as long as y'all love each other, I'm sorry. Go ahead, do it. Look, and fuck what they think about about us. We have to start caring about each other first. That's it. Care about each other. Stop worrying about them because they're gonna be who they are. Hopefully, they they change on their own. But that's on them. They got to do the changing. That's for them to do. That is not your fucking job. You care about your people. You care about your family, and you grow. That's true. Uh, The only thing that black that the black community is missing is unity like all the other cultures have. And if we had that, we would be the most successful, yeah. Yeah. the most <laughs> everything we, we in the world. The we have everything else. We've been through it all. We're we not do. supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be. We'd be the most powerful we're not, entity we're still on not, earth. We're not supposed to be an actual factor in America at this time. Through slavery, through um, Jim Crow era, like the crack era, we're not supposed to be here. But we're here. Mm-hmm. That's because we're strong and we're powerful and we're going to keep rising up. Absolutely. Yes. So for for all of you listening, this has been just what I'm just so you know, when we like push off the stop button, we're going to sit here and still keep talking. (laughs) So I just want to thank you guys for being here with me today. I think this conversation was just so real and so dynamic. And obviously we could have gone into a lot more topics. And for people who are interested in listening to your podcast, me and the gay homie, um, we will make sure that there's a link in the show notes for there. You can also search for it anywhere that you can find podcasts. Me and the Gay Homie, just type it in. Really easy and simple and, and really give these guys a listen. Subscribe to their channel. Rate it. It helps a lot. And these are the voices that we need to be elevating. These are the voices that we as a community need to rally together and lift up because these are the voices of change. For you listening, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to allow our voices into your life. It is an honor and a privilege that I don't take for granted. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to motivationforblackpeople.com. Put in your name and email address. There are literally thousands and thousands of black people from all over the world getting our free episodes every single week. And if you put in your name and email address, there's never any spam. I just deliver one episode every week directly to your inbox so that you can get trusted guidance to make your life better created for us by us to lift us higher than ever. This has been Justin Michael Williams, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.